0: well good morning how's everybody doing that's not very convincing i'm sorry um we're, we're talking listen we're in a series called choose joy so let's choose joy in our greeting how about that how you doing all right that's better And uh, some of y'all you're like pastor just made me lie listen we'll talk about that. all right but um hey listen uh before we jump into the message let me uh just share with you uh, one other announcement, something we're pretty excited about. Uh, on March 5th, we're launching the first of what we're calling our growth track. So our growth track is going to be a series of four classes. They're, they're, they're one-time classes that will help you get more connected to River Club Church and to grow deeper in your faith. Um, and so what we're gonna do is we're gonna begin to roll these classes out over the next months. And so the first class, class one, is called River Club 101. We're gonna do that for the very first time on March 5th from four o'clock to 5.30. This is gonna take place of what used to be our membership class, if you're interested in becoming a member of the church. But it's not just designed for those who are saying, hey, I'm ready to become a member. It's for anybody who says, listen, you know this could this be the church that God's leading me to get connected to? So we're gonna share with you about our church, our vision. Vision, our values, uh, what we do, why we do it, and what it means to really be connected, committed, and involved to our church and so child care is available uh, lunch or that lunch, but uh, dinner is going to be provided as well and so if you want me to be a part of that, I'll be teaching that class on the fifth and then it's going to happen every first Sunday of the month from here on out. but if you want to be part of that first group, uh, sign up on your connection card and let us know and uh, we'll get you all the information you need to be here to be part of that. all right so um, as we jump in today uh, we're in a series called Choose Joy. We're coming up to the last couple of weeks of this, and then we're gonna talk, tell you next week what we're gonna be doing next in terms of what, we, what we're studying together. I'm really excited about it. And, and, but as we continue this and conclude this, you know, we've been talking about the letter and the book in the Bible called Philippians. It was written by a guy named Paul who was writing it to a church, uh, followers of Jesus in a place called Philippi. Now, one of the main themes of this book, this letter, is joy. And how we can have joy, how we can choose joy. An interesting thing we talked about was Paul's actually writing this from prison. He was put in prison because of his his dedication to follow Jesus and do what Jesus has told him to do. Even when those in the authority said that he shouldn't be doing that. And so we've been talking about this idea of what does it mean to choose joy? How can we choose joy? And the the big idea we've come back to week after week after week is this, is that the Bible tells us in the words of Jesus himself saying that joy is not just a possibility, joy is a promise, that joy is not just a possibility, joy is a promise, that joy can be found in our life, in Jesus Christ, no matter what's going on, no matter what we're going through. And so we've been talking more and more and more every week about how we can allow God to position our lives, how we can partner with God so that we can be in a position to choose joy no matter what's going on in our life. And so today or last week we talked about this this idea that Jesus has this promise for us. His desire is that we would choose joy. But the Bible says we have a spiritual enemy. And the spiritual enemy, Satan, the devil, he goes by different names, is real. And what he wants to do is the opposite of what Jesus does. Jesus wants to give us joy. The enemy wants to steal our joy. He wants to rob us of joy. And one of the ways he does that is he he, he wants to focus our life on the wrong things. Because what we focus on will determine our direction. All right, what we focus on will determine our direction. You know, there's something that happens in life as you get a little bit older, like I am, where life tends to kind of speed up, it seems like, right? Anybody been there? Where it seems like, you know, life just is going faster and faster and faster and my kids are getting older and older and older, quicker and quicker and quicker, which means what? I'm getting older and older and older and like all this stuff. And, and so as a parent, you, you begin to face these things that you're really not prepared for. And one of those is, is my oldest daughter is turning 15 here in a couple of months. And so we were talking the other night that she's going to be driving pretty soon, which is scary on so many different levels, right? And, and so we started talking to her about like, you know, kind of our experiences. She was asking us questions about driver's ed. So we got to start talking about driver's ed. Now, how many of you guys took some sort of driver's education, driver's ed class at some point in your life, right? Now, for I know for me, it was a long time ago, but as I was thinking about it, three things come to mind, three things that I remember to this day about my driver's ed class. The first one is this, is that we had a break at each of the class sessions and there was an Eckerd Pharmacy right next door and I would go over and get a Coke and I would get a Snickers ice cream bar. Right? You ever had a Snickers ice cream bar? Anybody? Right? They'll be in heaven, I'm sure, right? And it won't, and we won't get fat eating them either because that's not how it's gonna work. But I remember that just every time I would go get that. Then I also remember that I never learned how to parallel park. Because on my driving day where I was gonna learn to parallel park, the the person in front of me um, got lost, or our instructor got lost with that person. So we didn't have time to do my parallel parking training, which means to this day, I don't know how to parallel park, all right? But listen, I'm okay with that. I don't need an email like, I'll teach you how to parallel park. I don't wanna know, okay? Like I've made it this far, I'm pretty good. There's always a spot that you can pull in forward. It's not a big deal, right? But the, the, the third thing though that I... is is a lesson that we learned. And it's basically this. They they talked about how that when you're driving, you don't just steer with your hands, but you also steer with your eyes. That where your eyes focus, where your eyes turn, you have a tendency to steer that direction. And I remember talking about this because in, in Texas and even around here, you know, there's a lot of two lane roads. And so one of the things they, they talked about was if you're on a two lane road at night and there's a car coming this direction, you don't want to look directly into the headlights because you have a tendency then to go toward that car if you're not paying attention, but you actually want to look to the, to the, the sideline over here. So if you're going to drift at all, you'll drift away from the car coming up. And I've always remembered that and it's always kind of stuck with me. And then I was kind of doing some research this week and, and I, I came across an article about NASCAR. Who mean NASCAR fans? All right, some of you guys, right? So so one of the, the key things they teach young drivers in, in in NASCAR is to not look at the wall. Well, why do they tell them not to look at the wall? Because you have a tendency, if you're looking at the wall, to drift toward the wall. And if you're driving a car, you don't want to crash into the wall, right? So it's this idea, right, that that our focus will determine our direction. It's true in driving, but it's also true in life. That whatever we're focusing on, it has a tendency to change the direction that we're going in. So let's say you're you're focused on getting that promotion at work. Well, if you're really focused on that promotion, you change the direction of what you're doing. You start showing up on time. You start showing up early. You start doing a little bit more than what's required so that you can you know, gain your your boss or your supervisor's eye, right? Let's say you wanna start training for a marathon or you wanna train for a race. You have that focus of, okay, here's the date. I need to be in shape at this point. So you start directing your life a little bit differently. Some of you, listen, your focus is you wanna get a date, right? So what you do is you start brushing your teeth, right? You start showering, you quit playing video games, you go get a job, like, you know, like there's certain things, right, that you do because that's the goal you want to have. The same thing's true about life in general too, is if you're focused on negative things, you tend to be more of a negative person. If you're focused on positive things, you tend to be more of a positive person because our focus determines the direction we go. And Paul, as we continue this letter, talks about this when it it comes to this idea of joy. This idea of how do we grow? How do we grow in our joy? How do we grow in our ability to choose joy? How do we grow to become the person that God wants us to become and created us to become? How do we overcome the things in our life that, that tend to kind of keep dragging us back and keeping us from experiencing all the promises of God? Paul says it goes back to our focus. And he says really this, that that there's two things that we can focus on. That we can focus on, the first one is this, that we can focus on our past. And the other is, we can focus on our future. So if you're taking notes, write this down. We're going to fill in those, uh, those illustrations. We can focus on our past or our future. And what Paul's going to tell us today is this, is that if we truly want to grow, We want to grow in our faith, grow in our hope, grow in our blessings, grow in our joy. We've got to make sure we're focusing on the right thing. So as we live our life, this is about as good as it's going to get, guys. If we live our life, our focus is going to determine our direction. Look at me. Um, Philippians chapter 3, starting in verse 12. Now, as we ended last week, Paul was talking about his goal of becoming more and more like Jesus. to to suffer well for, for Jesus, to do the things that Jesus would, would want him to do, to live the way Jesus commanded. And here's what he says. He says, I don't mean to say that I've already achieved these things or that I've already reached perfection. So he's saying, listen, these are my goals. I'm not there yet, but I press on to possess that perfection for which Christ Jesus first possessed me. He said, but this is my goal. This is where I want to go. This is the, the direction I want to head. I want to grow in my joy, in my, 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 my relationship with God. I want to j- grow in what, what I do, how, how I live. And he says, so verse 13, no brothers and sisters, I've not achieved it, but I focus on this one thing. So Paul says, here's what I'm focusing on. Forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. I press on to reach the end of the race And receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling me. Paul's saying, listen, my focus determines my direction. And so here's what I want to focus on. He says, I want to forget the past and I want to look forward to what is to come. Then he says this in verse 15. Let all who are spiritually mature agree on these things. So he says, listen, if you are like-minded, you want to follow Jesus, you're a follower of Jesus, you want to grow in these things, then Do what I'm saying to do. It's not just good advice for me. It's good truth for all of us. But if you disagree on some point, I believe God will make it plain to you. He says, I'm not gonna argue with you. This is God's job to convince you. I'm just gonna tell you what I believe to be the truth. But we must hold on to the progress we've already made. And so Paul says, listen, that our focus, whether we spend our time focusing on the past or focusing on the future, is gonna determine what happens in our life today. And if we wanna grow today, then we've gotta have the right focus. Write this down, that growth today comes when we live for the future and not for the past. That growth today, growth in joy, growth in perseverance, growth in in, in, in godliness, growth in blessing, all those things that we wanna grow in, that growth today is gonna come when we live for the future and not for the past. And see, Paul says in verse 13, he says, here's what I want you to do. He says, forgetting the past. So what happens, though, if we don't forget the past? What happens if we spend all of our time looking back, right? What happens if we spend all of our time looking back at the past? Well, Paul talks about that. Because, see, it's a natural thing to be tempted to look back, right? We have a natural tendency to look back at the things that have happened, to want to do over the things that have already been done. It's something that we all find ourselves wanting to do from time to time because because that past, we, we believe, kind of has this place in our life. And Paul says, listen, that, that I don't want you to look back at the past and focus on the past. And when he says that, what is he talking about? Well, there's two things that I think we see in, in Paul that, that, that we don't want to focus on. The first one is this, is Paul says, don't spend all your time focusing on your past success we're tempted in our life to look back at all the things that have been, well, been good, all the things we've done well, all the things we've achieved, and rely on those things instead of looking at what's still needs done. And so Paul says it this way, if you look in Philippians three, four through six, we looked last week, that, that Paul basically gave his spiritual pedigree, all the things that made him a successful Jewish person. And he said, listen, I've done all these different things, But all of these things, all these good things in my past, they don't determine my future. That I can't spend all my time looking back at my success. Well, what happens if we spend all of our time looking back at our success? One thing that happens is this, is that we can become prideful, right? When we look back at all the things that we've done, all the good things we've done, all the great things we've done in the past, if we're not careful, we can develop this pride like we talked about last week. And this pride can generate and and lead in our life to this self-reliance where we don't look at God's strength to accomplish what we want to accomplish in life. We look at our strength. We look back and say, well, because I was able to do this, because I was able to do that, because I was, you know, the person that accomplished this, well, then I don't need God in the future. You know, one of the things that Jesus talks about is this, he says at one point that it's It's easier for a camel to fit through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. Now, what's he saying? Why would it be difficult for someone who's successful, who's wealthy to say yes to the kingdom of God? Because their past success can create pride and that pride can lead them to depend on themselves and not what God has done. But it's not just about wealth. Paul says, listen, I could look back at all my past success, but that's not gonna do me what 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 I need to do today. It's not gonna bring me what I want. But the other thing, and this is where I struggle more, maybe you're like me, where I, I don't spend all my time looking back at my past success. I spend a lot of my time looking back at my past failure. At all the things that I wish I had done differently, right? All the things that, you know, if I had to do it over again, I would do it a different way, Hopefully. And to look back at all that, that failure and, and feel like because of my failures, because of what's happened in my past, that my future's not gonna be the, the same. It's not gonna be as good. But because I messed up here, then there's probably a plan B in God's plan for me that if I would have just made the right decision, I would have been on plan A, but instead now I'm on plan B. Or maybe I'm on plan C. Or maybe it's like I'm barely hanging on, right? Paul says, listen, if you wanna have the right focus, we need to forget the past, not dwell on our past success, but also don't spend all our time dwelling on our past failures. Now you might look at a guy like Paul and say, well, I mean, Paul's in the Bible. He wrote half the New Testament. I mean, was he really, did he have a lot of failures? You know, I mean, he's not me. You know, he didn't struggle like I struggle. Listen, Paul was keenly aware of his past failures, his past mistakes. Look at a couple of verses in Philippians 3.6. He says, I was so zealous as a religious person that I harshly persecuted the church. Paul, being this Jewish leader at the time, when followers of Jesus and Christianity popped up, Paul was not just ambivalent toward it. He was not just, you know, kind of, well, you know, it's just a fad that'll go away. He was the key person who went out to persecute and to arrest and to to, to go after the, 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 the people who followed Jesus. He wasn't just, you know, not for Jesus, he was anti-Jesus. That was his past. To the point where the Bible tells us in Acts chapter eight that that there was a, a follower of Jesus named Stephen who was stoned for his faith. He was killed for his faith. They literally threw rocks at him until he died. Paul finds himself in that place. At the time, he was known as a guy named Saul, look at Acts chapter one or eight verse one. He says this, that Saul talking to the same person that's got Paul was one of the witnesses and he agreed completely with the killing of Stephen. Not only did he persecute Christians, but he was there holding the coats of those who were throwing stones to kill Stephen. Do you think Paul could have looked back at his failures and felt like because of this, he didn't have much of a future when it came to God? Yeah. He says this in 1 Timothy 1.15. He says that they, Jesus Christ came into the world to save sinners of whom I am the worst. Listen, Paul was not a perfect guy. Paul had his junk, just like we do. He had his mistakes. He had his past. But Paul said, this is my focus. I'm not looking back at my past and all the success I could depend on. I'm not looking back at all my failures and all the things I regret. He said, I'm not gonna look back because if I look back, then all that's gonna happen in my life is I'm gonna be stuck. I'm gonna be stuck. Because all that pride or all that self-reliance or all that unforgiveness and all that regret, what it's gonna do is basically create this wall right here. And because I'm not focused on where I need to go, I'm going to keep going the same direction. I'm going to keep going back to the past. And listen, you can't go back to the past. So if you're living for the past, you're just going to stay stuck. You're never going to grow. You're never going to overcome these things. You're going to find yourself stuck. Have you ever been there? Ever felt like, you know, you're just kind of stuck in life? And maybe you look back and say, man, if I would have just done something differently, I wouldn't be in the place I am now. Man, if I, you know, if I had just made a better decision, I I wouldn't feel like I was stuck. Paul says the reason you're stuck is because you're living your life looking in the past. And so Paul says, listen, here's my focus. I'm forgetting the past. I'm forgetting what was. But what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna look toward the future. So here's what he says. He says, I'm gonna forget all this. I'm going to forget everything that's been. I'm going to quit looking back, right? And instead, here's what I'm going to do. He said, I'm going to look to what is to come. So I'm going to look to the future. And by looking to the future, he's going to focus on different things. Where the past, his focus was on his failure and his success. He's going to look at a couple things. He's going to look at the reward that is to come. See, God tells us this, that as a follower of Jesus, we have a hopeful future. And that our faithfulness, by being his son or daughter, by being his children, by being his follower, that we'll be rewarded. Paul says it this way in um, Philippians 3, 14. He says, I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize, which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling us. He says, listen, there's a reward coming. There's a prize coming. And he said, I'm gonna live my life. I'm gonna run my, this race. Paul always used these, these athletic analogies. He says, listen, I'm gonna, I'm gonna run my race, running for the prize. See, Paul wasn't a guy that believed in participation trophies, right? He was like, you know, listen, I'm running my race because I wanna win. And what I'm going to win is the reward that, that, that God has given to me. Well, well, what is that reward? Well, look at what James says in, in James 1.12. He says, God patiently blesses or blesses those who patiently endure testing and temptation. Afterward, they will receive the crown of life that God has promised to those who love them. What's the crown of life? It's life forever. It's eternal life. It's John three sixteen life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, Jesus, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal, everlasting life. Paul says, I, 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 I look forward to the future and this reward that's gonna come and I have confidence in that because I believe in God's promises. So not only did he look toward the future reward, but he trusted in the future promises of God. He believed that what God said was going to happen was actually going to happen. Galatians 6, 9, he said this, that we must not become tired of doing good. We'll receive our harvest of eternal life at the right time if we don't give up. He said, listen, there's something coming. And this motivation, this reward that's been promised, is going to affect how I live today. You know, it's amazing what people can do with the right motivation. If you're a parent, you you know this firsthand because there are certain things that your kids, especially as they get older, do not want to do on their own, right? They they, they don't want to clean their room. They don't want to eat their veggies, right? They don't want to, you know, shower certain times in their life, right? And so what do we do as parents? Well, when because I told you so no longer works, right? We try to change the motivation. And we do that two ways. One way is this, is that we try to motivate them by avoiding a negative consequence. So if you don't clean your room, then you don't get your cell phone. You know, if you don't take a shower, then you don't get to eat dinner. I don't know, I'm not saying no, no sorry your kid, but it's like, you know, whatever that is, right? So you, you come up with the avoidance of a negative as the motivation. But you also know this, that sometimes that motivation falls short and you've got to motivate them in a positive way. Well, instead of avoiding something, then you're saying, okay, if you'll do this, then here's a reward. If you do this, then, then here's something that we'll be able to give to you. Here's something that will we'll, we'll allow you to do. And my experience has been is that a lot of times the positive motivation actually makes a bigger difference than the negative motivation. But that motivation changes what we're willing to do. The same thing is true in our life. With the right motivation, we'll do things we don't want to do. And we see that every Monday morning when we get up and go to work. Because I don't know about you, but there's a lot of Monday mornings I'm sitting there and there's no motivation to get up and go to work. I'm trying to check my temperature, you know. I'm like, my stomach hurt a little bit, like, you know. Is it snowing outside in June? Like, you know, whatever. It's like, you know, it's like, is there anything that I can use as a justification to not do what I don't want to do today? But then what happens? You turn on the lights and you say, I would like to do that again tomorrow. You go eat breakfast and you're like, hey, food on the table, it's kind of a good thing. So you get up and you go to work even when you don't feel like it. Why? Because you've got the right motivation. Paul says, listen, the reason I can do the things I'm doing, I can live for God the way that he's calling me to do is because I'm focused on the right things. I'm focused on the right motivation. And, and when we do that, it's like we have this wall here because, because of the motivation, we don't wanna go back. We don't wanna go back to the, the way things used to be. We don't wanna go back to the, 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 the ways that, that, that life used to, to disappoint us. We have a different motivation. And so instead of being stuck, what we find in our life is this, is that we find that we're changing. We're growing. We're becoming more joyful. We're becoming more hopeful. We're recognizing and realizing that that the promises of God really are the things that we want to go after and experience in our life. And so Paul says, listen, your focus is gonna determine your direction. So if you wanna go the right way, if you wanna grow today, you've gotta make sure you're focusing not on the past, but the future. So how do we do that practically? Because how many of you would say, just in all honesty, that you you struggle wrestling with living in the past? Anybody? I, I do, I do, I'll be honest with you. So how do we avoid this temptation? How do we avoid falling into that in our life? Well, in, in his book called uh, Ch- Count It All Joy, uh, Dr. David Jeremiah, uh, I was reading this, and it's, it's kind of his commentary on, on Philippians and this passage we're going through. He said that there are three decisions that we need to make every single day. And these have to be disciplines, things that we create in our life. And if we can develop these things, these disciplines, and make these decisions, we're, we're better off we're better able to not live in the past and focus on the past, but focus on the future. Let me share these with you real quick. Here's what he says. The first one is this, is that we need to to develop the discipline of focus, uh, of focus. We need to develop the discipline of focus that every single day, we need to make a conscious decision of what we're gonna focus on and what we're not gonna focus on. Because if we don't make that decision, then we're gonna focus on whatever comes before our eyes we're gonna naturally be be drawn to whatever's there. So if we're struggling with regret, then we're naturally gonna be drawn back to regret. If we're spending all our time on social media, we're naturally gonna be drawn to whatever social media is talking about. If we're watching the news all the time, we're naturally drawn that direction. That we gotta make a decision every single day to determine this is gonna be my focus. Look what Hebrews 12, two says. The writer says, let us look only to Jesus, the one who began our faith and who makes it perfect. So the writer says this, listen, let's make sure that we're focusing on Jesus every single day. Paul says this in 1 Corinthians 9.26, he says, so I run, talking about this life he's living, I run with purpose in every step. Paul says, I'm intentional about what I'm focusing on and what I'm not focusing on. One of the most important decisions that you can make and I can make every single day is spending time in God's word in the Bible. It's taking time out of the busyness of our life and saying, okay, God, what do you want to share with me today that can make me change my focus? Because how do we know what the reward is? How do we know what the promise is? We've got to see what God says. And so often we look back because that's our focus. Now, listen, is it easy to spend time in God's word every day? It probably should be, but it's not, is it? I mean, I struggle with that. I struggle with being busy as a pastor and saying, okay, I gotta take some time and just look in God's word and say, God, what is it I need to focus on today? What is that reward? What is that promise? What are those things that need to be my motivation for how I live today? That every single day we've got to make the decision that we are going to focus on the right thing. The second one is this not only do we need to focus on the right thing, we need to learn the discipline of forgetting. Learn the discipline of forgetting. That that we need to, as Paul says, we need to learn what it means to forget the past to not dwell on the past, to not allow the past to dictate our today and our tomorrows. In Isaiah, the Old Testament prophet, Isaiah 43, 18, 19 says this, says the Lord says, forget what happened before and do not think about the past. Look at the new thing I'm going to do. It's already happening. Don't you see it? I'll make a road in the desert and rivers in dry land. Here's what he says. He says, don't focus on the past. Because if you focus on the past, you're gonna miss what I'm doing today. You're gonna miss the new thing I'm doing today. The best second chance you could ever have in your life is Jesus Christ. The best thing that you could ever look to to find a new start is Jesus Christ. The place that we need to turn every single day as a new day awakens is to the possibilities and the promises of God found in Jesus. There's nothing more important than that. We've got to forget what's been. And we've got to focus on what is to come. And we need to forget that. And the third thing is this, we need to follow. We need to follow. See, what, what, what does Paul say? He says, listen, listen, not only am I forgetting the past, but I'm looking to the future. And he says, I'm pressing on. He uses this athletic imagery once again. This idea of pressing on, that that I'm gonna run my race, I'm gonna finish my race, I'm going to, to keep going no matter how hard it gets, because I have the motivation that I want to win the prize. That I want Jesus one day to look at me and say, you did good, you made the most of what I gave you. Yeah, you weren't perfect. But guess what, man? You loved me. You loved my people. You loved the world. You loved your neighbors. And you kept going. You kept going. You didn't give up. Paul says, that's what I want to do. And I want to follow every single day. I want to keep going. I don't want to give up. I don't want to to, to turn back. I want to keep moving forward. There's a great verse in Hebrews 12, verse one, that talks about this idea of, of a race and, and how people are actually cheering us on as followers of Jesus. It says this, therefore, since we're surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down. So let us take off the things of the past. Let us take off regret. Let us take off unforgiveness. Let us take off the hurt of what somebody has done to us. Let us take all those things off and let us run because we have a crowd an audience of people who are cheering us on. And he says, let us run the race with endurance that God has set before us. Listen, it's one thing, if you grew up playing sports, All it's one thing for somebody who's never played that sport to come and say, good job. But it means something different when somebody who's played that sport, who has excelled in that sport, comes to you and says, hey, good job. Why? Because you recognize they've been there they know what you're talking about. They know the difficulty. Would you realize this, that right now as followers of Jesus, all those who have come before, all those great leaders, all those great people, those great heroes of faith are cheering you on. Abraham is cheering you on. Moses is cheering you on. David's cheering you on. Paul's cheering you on. You know what they're saying? They're saying, keep going. Don't look back. Don't look back. Keep moving forward. Don't give up. Keep going. Don't let discouragement get you. Throw it off and keep running. Listen, the the, the finish line's coming. The prize is incredible. Keep going. And we, as followers of Jesus, we should join in and cheer each other on. That's part of the reason why we talk so much about life groups. Living in community. Because you need people in your life. I need people in my life that'll say, Zach, I know it's tough, but keep going. Zach, I've got your back. I'm here for you. What can I do to help? See, Paul had that in this letter. We talked about it. See, if we want to grow today, we've got to live for the future and not for the past. And so here's the question I want to leave today as our takeaway. Am I, I just want you to ask yourself this question. Am I living today for the future or for the past? Am I living for the future or the past? Or is your life today determined by this or being determined by that? Is your focus today more of what's already been or more of what is to come? Are your struggles today revolving around the things that happened to you, the things that you've done? And you feel like because of these things, your future is not the same. Jesus says, in me, you have a new future. In me, your past is no longer defining your future. The Bible says this, that when we acknowledge our mistakes, we confess those to God, that that he no longer thinks about our past. See, I think for some of us, we feel like We can't move forward because God is holding our past over our heads. When in reality, if we've confessed that, if we've been forgiven, it's gone. And it might be, it's not God holding us back. We're holding ourselves back. What is it today that you need to let go of? What is it maybe you're focusing on in your past that's keeping you stuck? Would you be willing to trust God with that today? to say, God, I no longer want this. God, I no longer can carry this. God, this will no longer define me because my future is my focus. Would you pray with me? Father God, we come in this moment thanking you that you are a God who gives us another chance. That because of Jesus Christ, because of his forgiveness, because of his love, for us, because of His life lived perfectly, His death done sacrificially, His God resurrection from the grave done miraculously, God that we can we can come today, and God we can come before You, and God we can be forgiven. That God, You can take our past, the things that we regret, the things that we struggle with, the things that we can't seem to let go of, God, and you can take those and you can take them away. That you can give us hope. A future, God, that's full of reward and promise. And God, we can experience that today when we live with the right focus. So God, as we come today in these moments together, God, we know that You want us to respond to what your word has told us today. So it might be today that we need to let go of the past. We need to ask your forgiveness. We need to ask, maybe give forgiveness to somebody else. God, it could be this that we need to just come to the front and spend some time on our knees praying to you. Maybe going to the prayer fences on the side and writing down here's the thing. That I'm letting go of today and just leaving it there. It could be, God, today that we just need to stand and sing and worship you and be reminded of your goodness and faithfulness. Or, God, maybe we would like somebody to pray for us. We need to come up to some of our prayer team here at the front and just ask them to pray. Maybe it's lighting a candle saying, God, with a white candle, this is my prayer. This is what you've answered. Or a red candle that says, God, today I choose you for the first time. Whatever we need to do to respond to you, to begin to live with a new focus today, I pray, God, we would take the time to do it. In Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand and respond together.